Hello, and welcome to Sights and Sirens Back to Basic Podcast. My name is Dr. Christopher Sights. I'm an emergency physician, and I'm here with my brother, Jason Sights, who is a firefighter, paramedic, and RN. Together, we run Sights and Sirens, an emergency preparedness training company. Sights and Sirens is a National American Heart Association training center and EMS training company that specializes in NREMT exam prep. Our Back to Basics podcast was created to make what are sometimes complex medical topics easy to understand and retain for students of emergency care. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming service, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. Are you okay? <laughs> no. Sorry. Whew. Oh, well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sights and Sirens Back to Basic podcast. Today is May 4th. And as you all know, may the 4th be with you. Uh, so we want to actually use this opportunity to talk about something um, that we don't get a lot of a lot of, I think, in medic school. I didn't get a lot of it in medical school either. Um, and something worth kind of just taking back to basics and thinking about because we don't get a lot of formal education on it. And that's lightsaber injuries. Right. We don't see that often. It's something that we need to know. Right. Before exactly. we get into it. Let's just talk about our sponsor today. Absolutely. So, sponsor, we're going to sponsor ourselves again today. I love sponsors. Uh, we've got a great NREMT prep program. If you are studying for the NREMT or knows anybody who is studying for the NREMT, check out our program at sitesandsirens.com. We've got 15 hours of video content. We've got questions and we've got workbooks, live not, lectures. Live lectures. We have 94% pass rate. Let us help you help yourself to pass that national registry exam. I like it. Yeah. So again, so again, like I said, and this is something like I said, I'm I'm excited about this topic today. I think it's kind of like, you know, on, uh, it's not done. No one's done it yet. No one's done it yet, which is crazy to me. Yeah. There's been a few times that I feel like we've done a video on something and then we've seen, you know, some other podcasts and stuff or like some other programs, like, like cover the topic too. And I certainly, I want people to know, like we, we're the first to do this. Like, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything on it. Which, yeah, right. Which is crazy because, again, I think sometimes you have to practice and and spend more time studying things that you see less of. Right. And for me, lightsaber injuries is definitely one of those. In, in the fire service, we always call it like it's a low frequency, high risk scenario. For sure. Right? Like we don't see them that often. Uh-huh. But when they do happen, like we better not be on our back foot. I think there's a lot of misconception around lightsaber injuries. And this is what we see a lot. So, um. So I'll give you an example. I said we like to kind of like throw cases out there. So we, I mean, we use the most common one is that when Luke gets his arm chopped off, yeah. right, by Darth Vader, is his hand. It's his hand. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. it's his hand. So he gets his hand chopped off. Um, and like one, he doesn't die right away. There's, I mean, like he's he's he's, I'm sure in a lot of pain, but he's okay, right? He's still obviously able to climb quite a quite a distance with just his other arm. But there's no blood. Right. There's no blood. So people assume then, which makes sense. Like, okay, so like lightsaber injuries cause cauterization of the vessels and the arteries and anything. And that's actually not the case. And this is like I said, we're kind of taking it back to basics is that lightsaber lightsaber injuries actually cause a vaporization of tissue. So you don't get bleeding, but you get, like I said, because it's essentially like a laser power source, you're getting vaporization of the tissue, um, not cauterization, which is which is a little bit different. I think there's just kind of something that we need to be aware of. So in the spirit of taking it back to basics, we need to talk about not only how these present, but I think like, again, like some of the the mechanisms of injury and stuff like that. So starting out with what is a lightsaber? Right. Big misconceptions. Okay, a lightsaber is not a laser sword. And like that's like a generic term that people throw out. It's not a laser sword. Mm -hmm. You sound silly when you say it's a laser sword. And that's the thing. If you're an EMT or a medic and you're using the term laser sword out in the field, I think you have to like I don't want to be harsh, but you need to. 
I said, we're going to take it back to basics today. I don't want you to make that mistake and embarrass yourself in front of your colleagues. Be more professional. If I I was injured by a lightsaber and you came in and you're talking about how I got injured by a laser sword, I'm going to a different paramedic. Well, you're going to lose confidence. Yeah, you're going to lose confidence. You just don't know what you're talking about. For sure. So what is a lightsaber? It's like like if I got shot by a gun and you were like, did you get hit by this boom boom stick? Like, it's stupid. Right. Yeah. That's just stupid. Kind of ridiculous. So again, so I said, we don't want to be harsh, but just, you know, we we need to make sure we're defining terms well. So again, so what is a lightsaber? Exactly. A lightsaber is a laser energy field that is being conducted through a crystal mm-hmm. commonly known as a Kaiba crystal, yeah. right? So it's not just, it, it is a heat source. Mm-hmm. Th- there's more mechanics. It's not just a crystal. It's not just a laser energy field. You have to have the combination of the two, right? Which is why I think it's such an important part of Jedi training is building that lightsaber and understanding the mechanics of it. Right. So you can kind of be one with your weapon. When we do you know, this too, like I said, understanding way. those basics helps you be a better provider in medicine. So right. same kind of thing. If understanding how to build your own lightsaber is going to make you a better Jedi. Right. Right. I mean, just by, yeah. by default. And I think personally, like even as simple as seeing safety, mm-hmm. like knowing how it works, you know that you can disarm that very easily. Right. If I remove the Kaiba crystal from the sure. from from the housing or if I deactivate it, like well, we don't have to right. worry about it accidentally going up. It's the same thing. If I show up on a car accident, I'm going to put that car in park. I'm going to make sure airbags haven't deployed. Right. Absolutely. If I show up on a lightsaber injury, like I'm going to make sure the lightsaber is secured. Mm-hmm. A lot of times PD can do this for us. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. And that's why, like I said, we we need to go over this more often. Another thing talking about scenes safety like said for instance like you never want to put yourself in harm's way if there are sith present i think you really you need to call up backup resources before you treat the patient right like see you gotta uphill upwind stay away from that kind of stuff right, right? yeah like, right first and foremost am i prepared I mean, to this, enter the this environment is, this even? Is kind now, of if a you're given. a force user it's different well, like if you feel like you can, you know what I mean? But this is something that should be reported to the council. Right. Like, and you know, I say cops can secure the, the lightsaber with the right training, right? right? Yeah, like yeah, ideally yeah. a Jedi Sentinel is going to come and take mm-hmm. that into custody. That's going to be the easiest way to do it. For sure. Exactly. Right. But generally just to kind of walk you through well, the process. This is kind of a given too. Like if I show up in Darth Maul's there, I'm not going to engage. Right. right. It's just kind of that. Exactly. So we're kind of like beating a dead horse a little bit. This is probably obvious to a lot of you. Which but. I think is is a big part of just avoiding lightsaber injuries in the first place. Like most people prevention is always going to be the better right route to take. Right. 100%. You like treating a lightsaber injury should be like a last resort type of thing. Like like things have escalated at this point. Right. right. Like, mean, like, don't be upset if you get a snake bite, if you jumped into a pit of vipers. Right. right. So like w- without a master present or at least some backup, like just mm-hmm. don't engage in, you know, people, <laughs> Yeah. Don't engage with Sith. Don't engage with force users that, right. that might be, you know, yeah. and we see accidents. I mean, cantina accidents all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. So anyway, basically process of the lightsaber is you have a housing that contains that energy field. It does like initiate a spark. It generates power. Mm-hmm. And then that power is conducted through a Kaiba crystal. Not mm-hmm. only Kaiba crystals are going to do it. Um, they, they can be difficult to find since the fall of the empire, but you know, that that's why Jedi quest for them. Right. right. So sure. And then the color of the Kaiba crystal um, sometimes has like more emotional connection and force connection than like people realize. But the color is going to determine the color of the, the laser. And then a lot of times how the housing's built is going to determine the stability of the field. So you might have um, more of a solid glow, more of a vibration, like sure. unstable. Like it, it's very popular to sit to have like unstable cores so that it just it gives it a cooler look. And sure. it, it kind of helps them channel the instability mm-hmm. of the force you know, powers that they use. Right. But you know, it's a little different now, but typically, you know, a, a Jedi guardian will use, um, 
like like a green lightsaber. Those are more the people that are are into meditation and, and are kind of the wiser, more into teaching and the concepts of the force. They're, they're more likely to use force abilities than they are going to be using the blade in general, right. which we'll talk about. I think. Yes. Yeah, Sentinels so. will use yellow. We saw that in, in some of the newest uh, renditions of sure. of history. Sure. And. Um, and then typically like a like a more of a fighter or like like the, the police officer type like Jedi is going to have the, the blue blade. The blue. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like like we see most commonly in Luke's transition from going from the blue blade and then now he's he's more focused in the force, you know, so he he's built a green lightsaber at that point. Makes he's sense. using that kind of And this, you know, there's disagree. This doesn't mean like I'm not I'm certainly not going to group people in these categories, you know disrespectfully it's not like every you shouldn't walk down the street and if you see someone with a blue blade assume that they like like fighting styles over yeah, using yeah. the force like they might be very adept in the force and they just chose blue for other reasons yeah maybe it's a favorite it, color. it might be access oh that's good too yeah it might be access nowadays. because yeah, this isn't have access to another one so. so so that's okay so we got to understand like what you know what what we're using here in terms of of weaponage but the other question is though so like I said we because there's this misconception about the cauterization that sort of thing what is going to actually kill you in a lightsaber injury right we're ems we're emergency professionals what's actually going to kill you and it's not going to be hemorrhage right like we're getting vaporization of these tissues it's not going to be hemorrhage now if you have intra-abdominal wounds and things like that again whether you know you're piercing someone's you know abdomen um obviously it's like like a decapitation or going into someone's heart that makes sense but you're not going to see like i said this massive hemorrhage so you're not going to get hypovolemic shock right typically what you're going to get is a distributive shock so let's quickly just talk about like the different types of shock and, you know, why distributive shock is what we're going to see in, in major trauma from lightsaber injuries. Right. If we talked about hypovolemia before, mm-hmm. right, that's going to be loss of volume. Right. And but again, we're not losing volume. We might be losing relative volume in a certain area because of internal bleeding. Right. right? So it's not so much that I'm bleeding out. I'm not exsanguinating out of the wound. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's use a famous example. I think that. People misunderstand it is Darth Maul. He got chopped in half, right? So, right. yeah, he's not bleeding actively right now out of those wounds because of the vaporization. Sure. But you better believe there's hollow organs now that are filling with blood that have mm-hmm. been perforated. Like we mm-hmm. have issues. We, we have blood in the wrong places, right? right. And when we well, have blood in the wrong too, places, we call it a distribution dis- issue, yeah, right? Distribution. We have blood not going to the right places. Right. So the biggest threat to, to something like that is a distributive shock right. issue. Exactly. Where, where is the fluid going? Right. And distributive shock. So, you're, you're, you know, you're losing that you know that volume but not in a like i said not in a hemorrhage type of situation right like all the vessels are going to dilate um trying to get you know blood back to the heart the other thing though is too is that there may be a relative hypovolemia because of the how quickly and efficiently the lightsaber will sever a limb all of that blood volume that was in that limb is now gone like instantly right whereas like you know if, if with you know with uh you know, more modern weapons, like you said, if you you know you shoot someone with a bullet, like things are going to constrict in different areas and try to stop bleeding. We're not seeing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, too, it's like this relative hypovolemia. So when Darth Maul's cut in half, he loses half as his volume, but he only has to provide his heart half the volume that was there before because right. he only has half a body. Right? right. And when I refer to relative hypovolemia, I'm more talking about like in the. Is it in the right space, right? Because mm-hmm, like, right. we usually refer to like the volume as like the intravascular space because the vessels are what's feeding those tissues, right, right? Right. So if we can't have the blood there and it's in other places, like we still have the blood, but relatively mm-hmm. we don't because mm-hmm. it's in the wrong spots. Mm-hmm. So then the the trick becomes 
like any kind of shock, it's going to be your, your first is going to be stabilization. And that's right. going to be usually with fluid volume. We got to get enough fluid into the vessels. Right. 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 In order to and then let the body do the rest. Yeah. Now, in your so we, don't, uh, we haven't had a ton of experience in this, but like in your in your limited experience, do you typically I mean, do you treat it like a normal trauma where you, where you would establish an IV and like, let's say, like I said, there's an amputation of the one arm. Would you establish IV in the other arm? Is there any benefit in doing fluid hydration in this like same I like wouldn't do, do it. I wouldn't do it in the same space because right. I think that you're you're propagating where you're gonna. So if you have a severed hand, you know, I mean, you're you're gonna have pooling in that area. Like mm-hmm. you, you 100 are going to have pooling mm-hmm. in that area. Like mm-hmm. eventually, you're gonna start seeing swelling, right, right? And then you can start dealing with like compartment issues depending on how bad the burns are, right? Um, and that's the thing. So actually, let's stop there really quick. So you're not only gonna have potential like that so we see a lot of amputation injuries, um, and like a distributive shock. We're also gonna see burns. And we're going to see maybe compartment syndrome and swelling and that sort of things. These are all things like in a normal trauma, but it's different. It's different because of this vaporization. You know, the 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 key is that we're always going to come back to what can we do right away? Because that's my job. It's to do right. stuff right away. Right. right. It's not going to I don't have to deal with the risk. And we'll talk about like we got infection risk. We mm-hmm. have C-spine mobilization. We have all right. kinds of stuff. Yeah, right? Right, right. My first and foremost concern a lot of times with these injuries is going to be fluid resuscitation. It's going to handle the distribution issue. It's not going to necessarily solve the problem, but it's going to put a bandaid on it where we have enough volume that we can start perfusing the tissues that are good to go. Right. We know that with this type of just removal of parts of the body, we have a distributive shock. We also know that with any type of burn, a lot of times we deal with distributive shock because with burns, especially third degree, second degree burns, you know, that we're going to have from this, it, it's it's how the fluid shifts. You know, mm-hmm. we have fluid mm-hmm. shifts into out of the cells into you know what I mean they start leaking into the tissues because we're trying to heal that area or repair that area. Right. And now we we need copious amounts of volume to make up for that. Right. Yeah. So big thing. So distributive shock is going to be the main concern. Treatment is going to be aggressive fluid hydration. So anyone who suffers a major lightsaber injury, we're going to do a f- aggressive fluid hydration. Um. In terms of, we did an amputation episode. You mm-hmm. guys go back and listen to our amputation episode. It was a good episode, especially when we're seeing amputations. This is not going to be a case where we're going to be able to reattach that limb. No. So you just don't worry about preserving that limb. It's just because of the vaporization issues, you're just not going to be We're dealing with to, cybernetics now versus like, right. you know, the, your own body. That That's why, you know, yeah. Luke had to have. And what's interesting, this is kind of interesting. Like you can't. You know, we we see Luke doesn't have a hand, then he's got a he's got a robotic hand, right? right and we yeah. think, oh, good to go. Well, what what had to happen because of the necrosis of the tissue mm-hmm. from from the heat and from the vaporization is they actually had to amputate up higher, higher up yeah, yeah. and then attach the cybernetics mm-hmm. because none of that tissue is salvageable. You right, can't attach yeah. the burnt ends of your of your limb right. to cybernetics and get neural conduction, right? right? Yeah. So you're gonna have to actually they're gonna have to amputate higher up. Mm-hmm. And then attach that one. And people don't realize how much physical therapy, how, how there was like a, a series of surgeries he had to go well, through. But the thing is, is you got to remember the, the means and resources that someone like Luke Skywalker well, has true. over like one that's of us, true. right? Like if you have access to a backed up container and you can do full immersion. Sure. You know what I mean? And we, we see that, right? Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah, he gets act, Of course he heals faster, right? right. It's backed up, you know, yeah. but the average individual, average income household can't afford, wouldn't ever be able to afford that type of back to treat. That's true. Right. So we're. We're stuck with more antibiotics. You know, it, we're going to have to amputate. We're going to have to attack. It's just a lot. It's going to take more time, mm-hmm. more energy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, dozens of surgeries, right. physical therapy, exactly. you know, and, and then not to mention the emotional impact it's going to have on you of losing sure. that limb. And it's a huge road to go down. This is where I, I think people I know, like 
we judge Sith based on their act. Like it's obviously an inappropriate way to use the force, right? Sure, but like sure. we can also understand like some of the things that these individuals have gone through. Like Darth Maul getting cut in half, you've got to realize he fell down a shaft, right? So right. it's not just that he lost his legs. We now have bleeding, we have internal organ damage, mm-hmm. we have bleeding, mm-hmm. we've cut off, you know, major major neural system issues. Then he falls down that shaft. We've got C spine issues. We've got head injuries possibly like um, major issues that we've got to get through. And I'm getting like emotional talking about it, but the kind of fortitude that these guys have to have, I mean, the kind of fortitude that he had to have to get through the surgeries, to get through the the potential complications, the the physiological issues, the mental issues that you're going to have to have in order to have mechanical spider legs attached to you. Is insane. Yeah, for sure. Well, we don't. And then this is something like not only do I talk about this issue, we don't talk about the amount of PTSD these guys have. I mean, after like, well, right. It's not just. And this is why I think. God forbid civilian injuries with lightsaber like like they mm-hmm. just the stats are showing like they just don't make it compared to force users like force right. users have a better time sustaining these injuries because they have crazy amounts of training and not only physical conditioning mm-hmm. but also mental and spiritual conditioning too yeah, right sure. like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why you know people who do yoga have better times you know re- mm-hmm. recovering it's I mean it's, it's that, obviously an extreme example right, I think yeah. Jedi training is a little bit more probably intense than goat yoga or something like that yeah. but it might not be I'm not know, really sure actually I'm not too familiar with the training I, I've dabbled a little bit and okay. it's it's pretty aggressive. It's pretty aggressive. Yeah. yeah. No, I can imagine. Um, I've dabbled in yoga and that's pretty hard. So I don't know if it's that's true. similar. But um, and that's the thing, too. So kind of going back to, like you said, like you know, being able to deal with these injuries, there is a little bit. What's kind of nice is that especially with lightsaber injuries because of that vaporization, because you're going to damage nerve endings. So there's like a reason that like Anakin can lose all four of his limbs and continue to, you know, like, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, stump crawl across the ground is because he's he's not passed out. I mean, like he, the pain is there, obviously, right. but not. It's, it's like I said, you, you've got some nerves. Yeah, you know, you I know. think that the 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 tears and the screaming we're seeing there is more of an emotional response mm-hmm. from yeah, the, the, the feeling of betrayal and this big life decision that he's made sure. rather than pain because you, you are not going to have pain, right? Mm-hmm. Later down the line, you may have things like ghost pain, like amputees have. Like it, sure. it, it's it's upsetting, but. You know, at least it doesn't that part doesn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, true, if yeah. it's if it's a limb severing. Now, I think personally that you may have the, so some of the ones that I've seen, like we think like oh, third degree burn in that area. Mm-hmm. Third degree burns don't hurt. Right. Well, heat transfer happens. Right. Whether it's a whether it's from a laser energy field or not, like mm-hmm. heat transfer is going to happen. So you are going to get at least internally, you know, damage to tissue. Uh, closer to the body, right up, up the stream. Well, um, with any burn injury, like you don't just, ha- you can't just have third degree burns. Like, like you, you have third degree burns surrounded by secondary, surrounded right, it's a bullseye by first pattern. Degree. We call it. So a you're going to see that in lightsaber injuries as well, because it's, I mean, it's a different type of burn. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, it's probably even different than like an electrical burn. It's just, it's, it's its own, you know, the, the yeah. it's its own type of burn. But I think that does bring us to, you know, risk factors for complications. So the, again, we've kind of what we've covered here, the major life threat in the beginning here of all lightsaber injuries is going to be distributive shock, aggressive fluid hydration. That's going to be really important. Um, obviously, we're going to try to treat pain and those other kind of like concomitant trauma that could have occurred. Yeah. But then the the next big risk the patient is going to run into is complications from those injuries. Right. And that's going to be um, the same kind of complications we see in burns, right? It's going to be infection. 
It's going to be fluid shifts later on. Um, hypothermia, you've lost that protective layer of skin. Uh, so you're, you know, especially if you've had multiple amputations or multiple, you know, I mean, that sort of thing, like hypothermia is going to be a risk factor. Um, and uh, so I said infection, I think burns and that hypothermia, fluid loss in that way are probably the main things we're going to see. Yeah, so one of the, and this is a good question for a doc, because I, I've read some articles recently and we've had some discussions, you know, when we're talking about trying to calculate fluid, um, fluid resuscitation for someone with, with burns, right, mm-hmm, with third degree mm-hmm. burns, but we're dealing with lightsaber injuries, it can be, it can get a little crunchy because typically we use the Parkland burn formula, right? Mm-hmm, in order mm-hmm. to do that, a lot of times we start with the rule of nines. Right. So 9% for each arm, right? right? right 18% right, right. for the front of the torso, 18% for the back of the torso. Like we, we do that math. Yeah. If I've had my arm chopped off, it's a burn injury. Am I counting that 9% or not? Because it's gone. That's a good question. That's a really good question. So technically, no. So we use, we use, we don't use the Parkland burn formula. We use the Count Duco formula. Um, where basically you're going to remove those bodies and you're going to reassess the nines after that. Okay. So you're going well, to subtract It makes sense because nine. we're trying to resuscitate fluid. I guess, you know, now that we're talking about it, it makes sense. We're yeah. trying to resuscitate fluid for the body that's there, right? Mm-hmm. Not, the, not the piece that's laying on the ground. Right, so exactly, yeah. why would I include the piece in the You wouldn't stand? include that, yeah. So technically, like I said, if you cut yourself off, cut an arm off and you just had the stump there, that's kind of like one hand right. worth, which in 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 this type of formula would actually be 3.75%. Okay. And then the other big question that we had um, was someone like Kit Fisto, right? Mm-hmm. We have tentacles on our head. Sure. How much percentage for each tentacle? Like if we get three chopped off, what am I counting? What is it like? Is it like the yeah. the hand where we're calling it 1%? Like his tentacles are a little bit, and I hope I'm not being disrespectful by calling it, you know, I don't really know. Do we refer to that as hair? Like I, I'm, I'm obviously not trying I to don't be offensive think so, anyway. But, it's, but, I, yeah, I don't think but anyway, sense. for each one of those, you know, sure. are we counting that as two or 3%? Like what, what would you say is kind of the, the sure, good math sure. there? I think that again, you kind of can take it back to the rule of palms, right? So in each... So, like, the way we do it is essentially five suction cups on a tentacle equals one hand. But I guess that makes sense. And it's how, yeah. I guess it's how many hands we can go up back to the, right. to the head, right? Because the head it, is going to be... If you grip in a circular fashion the tentacle and you can wrap two hands around it... Yeah, I guess that's that a, would be like a simple hands. way to do it because yeah. it is body surface of the hand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's so. intuitive, sure. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Anyway, so just there's a little nuances there with yeah. some of these things. So again, we talked about like other injuries that can occur. So we've kind of, I think we've, I think we've gotten a good understanding of like what we're going to see with lightsaber injuries. The other thing though is, and we've, we've referenced this a lot of times, most people using lightsabers are going to be force users, right? Or at least have dabbled in the force a little bit. Yeah. So they're usually used together. Right. The lightsaber is usually not used independently as a weapon. We do see that sometimes. I think the fo- the, the the amount of focus you have to have to use a lightsaber effectively in a battle with other modern technology that's out there. You know, I mean, like, you, you have to be supplementing that with force abilities, too. Right. In order, exactly. Just in order to be effective. So it's it's like, you know, it, it's like entering a battle without any training on the weapon that you have. You know, I mean, it's the same right. thing. You got to have the force abilities, too, in order to kind of bring those together. Exactly. And really focus. So we see a lot of force injuries with lightsaber injuries as well. Yes. So when we think about this kind of like multi-system trauma, we need to think about these other things that could have happened. Right. So in force injuries, we're going to see a lot of throwing people. Right. This is so kind yeah, of a common. Just like we're dealing with pushes or pulls. Mm-hmm. Or really, like when we break it down, like even yeah. a choke. I mean, it's a push from the ground. You know, it's, right. it's, it's taking back up. to so basics. Yeah, push or pull injuries. Push basically. pull, and I guess we could talk a little bit about asphyxiation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because that is a, a common set technique. Yeah. So, but 
regardless of the direction, like we need to be familiar with the direction that it's going. What, what's interesting about the force is that, you know, people chalk it up to a, a mystical force. It's not there, there's science behind it, but to, it's just too much to go into in one podcast. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. If we look at internal structures and how they're moving with the force, this isn't the same as getting blown back by an explosion. Okay. Because the force is acting not just on the exterior portions of your body, but the interior portions as well. So you're not getting like deceleration injuries like you would in a car accident where your body stops, but your organs keep right. moving. Everything's being pushed. Depending on how I concentrate the, the force on someone if I'm pushing, right? I might be pushing their skull and I also might be pushing their brain. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the skull is pushing the brain, then the brain might be being pushed too, depending right, on right. how we're concentrating the energy. If it's just a slam, we have to deal with things like, is the brain going to keep moving, hit the side of the skull and we, we start running into coup contra coup injuries where sure. we have, you know, but as an emergency provider, we just need to remember that there there are, you know, for lack of a better phrase, forces at work that we can't necessarily see. Right. Mm-hmm. The exterior damage to the body isn't always the biggest concern. There is interior damage, too, that we may need to deal with. So we need to constantly be monitoring these patients for signs of of increased ICP, mm-hmm. you know, signs mm-hmm. of brain injury, any neurological damage, Cardiac contusion, any, any, like yeah, any examples of, you know, hey, when I got force pushed, did we did we detach? Did we have uh, an organ detached from a point? And now I have I have internal hemorrhage. Yeah, you know, we're doing. Which this. I don't There's think also, we, that is a risk. I don't think we see it as much, though, because I think for the most part, the the force push or pull, depending on where or like if they're throwing someone with the force, it's usually everything. So it's the body organs, everything, which is why a lot of times you'll see people force pushed great distances and hit objects and be able to get up and continue on. Yeah. Um, seemingly like nothing happened and it'd be like it depends on how quickly so if you hit an object at two miles per hour because the force user pushes your entire body at two miles per hour you're probably not going to damage anything right? right now granted the difference is if it was if there was deceleration synergy within the body that would be different yeah but we don't usually see that as often right so and i think in at least in fighting styles like we're not using these Put like a, a Jedi or a Sith isn't necessarily, or just force user in general, isn't in a fight necessarily trying to use a force push to hurt you. They're trying to use a force push to knock you off balance or to literally move you mm-hmm. so that they can have an advantage to do the damage with the lightsaber. Right. right? So, right. so you are, you are absolutely right. We have seen people move, move great distances and kind of depending on what object they strike, yeah. you know, just dealing with that external damage. One thing we have to worry about is if, is there things moving with the body though, right? Sure. So this is very similar to explosion injuries. We're going to take the impact of the force striking us. Mm-hmm. We're also, we call that like primary, right? And then there's secondary, the object that we hit. Yeah. But then there's also tertiary. There's the objects that are flying through the air with us. So if I hit something with a smaller mass and you at the same time, let's say, for instance, Darth Vader breaks the window and he and he starts sending objects with Luke. Right. Those objects are, could strike Luke. Mm-hmm. And then we've got damage from those. So you might see someone who's gotten thrown 20 feet. They hit a wall. You've got some back bruising. You expect that because they struck the wall. But you're wondering why is there damage on the front and why is there damage? You know, because objects hit them in air, too. Mm-hmm. So we just need to be constantly assessing. This is why head to toe is so important in really any trauma. Yeah. But specifically for force force related injuries. injuries. Yeah, absolutely. I think that pretty much sums up what we wanted to cover today. Do you want to sum up kind of the the, the important highlights of what we've discussed? Yeah. In First these and injuries? foremost, like any scene, scene safety, right? right? What what caused this injury is, is a dangerous weapon and or dangerous forces that are involved. So mm-hmm. are the force users still in the area? Do we have proper police and or Jedi Sentinel protection? Mm-hmm. Can we secure that weapon when we have that weapon and we and maybe we can't necessarily concern? Can we disconnect it? Do we understand how to disconnect the housing and remove the crystal so that it's not a threat? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, are we entering environments that we just shouldn't enter, that we're not trained to enter yet until that scene is secured? So first and foremost, don't injure yourself, right? Right, right. Second, then now now we deal with the victim. Usually we're looking for, you know, either amputations we're dealing with or we're dealing with major trauma to the to the torso. Sure. And uh, amputations. Remember, it's vaporization of tissues. We're going to have to be worried about distributive shock. Same thing with torso injuries. Just just be familiar with where these organs are located. Is there internal bleeding? What is that going to look like? Obviously, the the, the Band-Aid patch, what we're going to do at first is fluid resuscitation to handle the distributive shocks. That's what they need right now. Right. But before we like we got to do our head to toe like, as we approach, think about where forces involved. Is there a fall injury? Have they struck the ground or struck an object? C-spine precautions. Mm-hmm. Is there things that I'm not seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Stabilize, resuscitate. That's what we got to do, sure. right? And then just keep in mind that this, you know, treating from a compassion, you know, standpoint, like these people are going to have to go through a lot. This is going to be a long recovery. This is going to be difficult. You know, caring with that empathy, you know, showing them that, that you're going to be there with them through it and that the healthcare field is is, is going to stand with them because sure. honestly, like the rate of lightsaber injuries we have are is very low mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, but it should be zero. Right. In right. an ideal world, right. it should yeah. be zero. Um, so we, we treat the distributed shock. We handle C-spine precautions. We, we stabilize them. Um, then we got to start worrying about infection risk. Are we using dry dressings on the third degree burn areas? Is there internal burns we can't see? Can we calculate the rule of nines to to get the appropriate amount of fluid in? Um, you know, lots of, of secondary tertiary things that we need to worry about. So just kind of having an idea of what we're dealing with. It's not just a hole in the body. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just a missing hand. There's a right. lot more in play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taking it back to basics one last time, just going back to what you talked about in the beginning is understanding the mechanism of lightsaber. If you are not careful, you really need to know what you're dealing with, right? Like, I mean, right. like I said, these these are rare injuries, but you definitely don't want to be the guy who doesn't understand the lightsaber and you accidentally, you know, like turn it on upside down and, and injure yourself or sure. you put it in your pocket and it turns on accidentally or, you know, like, you know. That sort of thing, tossing it to your buddy in the back of the game. But you just got to be yeah. real, real you gotta be careful. Very careful. Yeah. These devices, they're not like, you know, it, it's not a trigger mechanism. There's no safeties on these things, right? right? right. It's a one button press. Right. And, you know, and sometimes those, that button can be activated with a tiny bit of the force, well, you, and, you know, and that, projected I think into that is, it. So. I think that's a good place to end, actually, too, is like if you feel like you have maybe any force abilities at all, or you're questioning whether or not you have force abilities. Just keep that in mind, right? I, I would seek some guidance in that. Maybe yeah, get help, you know, get support. Yeah, get some support because you don't want to run into where you, you know, accidentally trigger things in these kind of environments that you maybe didn't intend to. Right. So awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to be with us today. Again, happy May 4th. Uh, may the 4th be with you. And again, if you guys have any other questions or follow up, you want to uh, touch base with us on regarding life scissor injuries. You know, one thing we didn't get into is blaster injuries, which that's a whole different story. Whole it's different a different story. Yeah. But anyways, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Training at sightsandsirens.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time and we will see you next week. Stay sweet. Start off with just like the lightsaber itself. What's a lightsaber? Yeah, right? exactly. because a lot of people go. <laughs> <laughs> what a lightsaber is is actually an energy power field. <laughs> I want to talk about how these present. Kind of what's the main cause? <laughs> Sorry, it's so serious. It's so good. This is a lot. I got to get through, man. When I start talking yeah. about Kaiba crystals, it's gonna be <laughs> insane. I don't want to be harsh on these people. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of nerve that you have to have to get through a treatment process in order to get those mechanical spider legs. <laughs> in order to get through what needs to be done in order to get mechanical spider legs. <laughs> right. The kind of focus to get through the treatment regimen you need 
to have mechanical spider legs. <laughs> I can't see mechanical spider legs. Well, and obviously, too, I mean, like, it, you think about the PTSD these guys <laughs> they get into the emotional effect. There is definitely the risk of self-injury if you don't know how to operate a lightsaber. Like, yeah, opening you know, it up backwards, putting it in your pants, and accidentally getting it turned on, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're an EMT or medic student or an advanced EMT student or an instructor of those students, we have a program just for you. With Sights and Sirens NREMT prep program, you get video lectures over 15 hours of really vetted, great content to help you through your program and help you prepare for the test. Check it out at www.sightsandsirens.com.